Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, live from the Boogie Down Bronx. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. Dave Anderson. And today, we're talking about accessibility, part two. We're continuing the conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah, we've we've got some new entrance to the Hall of Shame. <laughs> that is for sure. I think well, we left off the conversation with like going through a top 10 list and we got up to five, but just like having a little bit of conversation with William, you know, had me thinking like, hey, maybe I should, you know, turn on these accessibility tools and figure out how people who rely on these tools actually experience, you know, using a computer, uh, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've. I've been trying that myself as well, and uh, I think the first entry to the Hall of Shame is myself for the page that I just made, <laughs> even though I knew I was trying to make it accessible. Like, you know, I had those tips in the, ha- in the back of my mind, but there's some things that are pretty hard. There's some things that are pretty hard. Oh, yeah, I imagine. Um, or like just things that you may have overlooked, right? Like you didn't realize that that was a thing that could be inaccessible to an individual. Right, yeah. Like there are kind of like these little tricks you can do with like CSS pseudo elements and background images and like, I don't know, all kinds of CSS witchcraft um, (laughs) that (laughs) is inherently not accessible. So I'm hoping that some of the things that we talk about today will help me learn how to reform my ways and make it more accessible. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have been, you know, I, uh, for any of the Mac users out there, Command Command F5 will turn on voiceover. So I learned that command pretty well. Right. Prepare uh, for yourself. Me, I have to, yeah, he's, he's I use function command, <laughs> yeah, function command F5. It just like starts and then you, you go headfirst into browsing the internet using voiceover. And I think like what William said before, he's like, yeah, you turn that feature on and you close your eyes. And if you can browse through a website, then then you know that you, your website is accessible. And man, oh man, <laughs> the things I hear, the tool is very, you know, uh, complex and how you can navigate and stuff like that. So I'm still trying to get used to what that looks like using the voiceover, closing my eyes, and wondering where am I on the page. Even if pages that I'm familiar with was really, really interesting to browse in that regard. It seems kind of like a Jedi master kind of meditation training. You're like, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes and be one with the web. Like, Let me me feel the web design inside me. Yeah, and just let it talk to you. And then, you know, you tab your way through and – Hopefully, you do tab your way through correctly and knowing that like, especially if you're designing the website, you want to make sure your tabs are in the correct order so you can. And I didn't run into too much trouble in the voiceover. The trouble that I had was me learning the tool, which I thought was difficult. Uh, so, shout outs to people who rely on uh, on that tool. Uh, right. To There's a the lot internet. of like keyboard shortcuts and things like that. Yeah, it's um, like to hop out of a table, you have to do like command control shift up or something like that. And like there's a lot of that that you need to do in order to like navigate through, not just tab, but control command shift are your friends and then you go up and down, there's command K. The tutorial is pretty interesting, but I guess like your usual developer, I didn't read the manual. I just tried to jump in and then <laughs> I failed miserably. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, you should definitely share that uh, tutorial over my way. I feel like I could use a good like 
cheat sheet of like yeah. what the sh- long and short of the different keyboard shortcuts are. Yeah, it's it's twenty five pages long. I mean, it's twenty five like sections long, which is why I was up to like number seven. I was like, nope, I'm I'll do the other later, and then like have been failing since. So I think I'm gonna be really patient and give <laughs> give the give the uh, good old Mac the Mac voiceover app a chance with all you, 25 pages. You know what would be fun? You should go through all 25 pages of the accessibility tutorial using the voiceover accessibility oh, feature. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a challenge. That'll be a challenge for sure. Uh, the other accessibility tool that I've seen in the past that I started using and was browsing the internet is they have the, uh, the ability to change color like on your screen. So I'm going to butcher these words and I apologize for people who suffer from these different uh, eye, like color related uh, deficiencies. But I've been looking at like the enabling the color features for a red green filter, which is uh, for people who may have the protonopia deficiency where like individuals cannot see red just to see what it's like to browse through a website where you cannot see the color red. And there oh, are yeah. some very interesting that's... websites where you'll, you'll see things and it's like, oh, that's cool. And then there are others where it's just really difficult to see anything. It's like um, such a popular color for like calling your attention, right? Yeah. Like there's always like, like there's like studies about conversion rates in the color red. But yeah, you're, you're kind of like leaving some people behind from your conversion, I guess. Yeah, because you can't because people may not be able to see that color and you have to kind of use this filter. Um, to see it and yeah so i've just been using the color changer and like trying to see what what websites kind of violate this or what happens when i change from one type of color deficiency to another uh there's the blue yellow filter individuals who cannot see or uh decipher the color blue tridenopia and that one is really interesting because like the blue gets really really intense when you change it to that so I've just mm. been trying to swap colors to see, you know, the experience of a website. Uh, so just be mindful of that. Have you found any websites that like are less than stellar with the uh, colorblind filters? Yes. You know what? I'm just going to say the website. So I mentioned the website before in time where the buttons were too little and caused issues for me whenever I try to browse while holding Geo. And they definitely violate the color filter for the Protonopia individuals out there. It's a video game I play on my phone called AFK Arena. This is not a promotion. Do not download it because I said it. You should check it out. It's fun. Um, but they have a tier list, you know, like any other game that you play. You want to figure out what characters are the best. <laughs> and and you gotta get so S tier, right? Yeah, you gotta get that S tier. You gotta get S plus tier characters. Make sure you get them S all the plus? time. There's a tier above S. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's an S plus in this game. Oh, um, but do not go to that website if you suffer from Protonopia because you know all the S tier characters are in red, like that strongest red you could possibly think of. And it was just very, very uncomfortable to browse that website. So you're violating, you know, making your icons very small for people to click on their mobile phones and this red green filter where you cannot really see or decipher the different colors of individuals who are S and S plus, S minus, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. We peeked at this earlier and it's like kind of silly because like the F tier people are purple but then with this filter they're basically looking the same yeah so <laughs> it's crazy i don't it's know like, what's going uh, on 
I mean, uh, the the label's still there, so you can look at that. But you know, the the color choice is is not quite good. Yeah, it's it's not appealing to the eye. While you can still read the letters, the the way you you know usually you when you're able to see the color, like that gives you instant feedback. But like this does not at all. This is just a whole lot of pain <laughs> everywhere. But yeah, I mean, I think I could be using it wrong because I had the intensity on to the max. And but I'm sure it set that setting is there for a reason. And I think it's because people may need to use that. Yeah. There are like some really good websites that you can use to pick colors that will respect these different conditions too. Like when I was working on more like graphic design for charts and graphs, like like the tier list, we checked out a couple of websites. One of them was uh, Color Brewer. So that one you can you actually pick like what kind of scale you're looking for like if it's diverging or if it's like uh you know just different classes of qualitative data and then you can also pick if you want to filter it by you know certain disabilities with vision there's there's a pretty good uh flowing data article uh with some tools for picking chart colors that I think would be good to look link in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So yeah, so we could start with number six. And I think this is a great, you know, we stopped we stopped at five before. You know, for the sake of the podcast episode, we'll we could start with five, which what we were just talking about, you know, use color with care. The idea that, you know, the most common form of color deficiency is the red green color deficiency affects eight percent of the population. And we discuss how afkarena.net slash tier list Definitely <laughs> violates this particular rule. And front should, center, all oh, shame. Yeah, we we should we should uh you know choose our color with care as it is in number five. Uh, yeah. Number six is design your form for accessibility. I think I've used create had to create a form before in life, and one of the things that you know you should be really mindful of is the idea of like being able to tab through the form where it makes sense. Right. Sure. Like, I don't know if this ever has happened to you, Dave, but like you, I've seen forms where you like tab through and it'll go, let's say if it's like first name, middle initial, last name, I've seen it where it like tabs through first name, jumps to last name, then middle, which is really weird. And I imagine that could be really confusing to someone who, you know, who wants to fill out the form with the middle initial if they need it and if not skip over. But I imagine that tabbing over is very important in terms of like keyboard control if you will yeah that's true and like if you have a more accessible form you're also hopefully using the html5 label tag which will like tell it what the form and the input actually or the element actually like is and you can you can use area properties if if you don't have the label or you don't want to use it or you can't use it but yeah, labels are really important. If you just have a box and it doesn't say full name, then people maybe just be staring at it and be like, oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, like, what's which this? Which of these or- text elements around it is telling me what to put in here? Yeah, or like, you know, if uh, someone someone can't see and they tab over it and the voiceover doesn't know what it is, it's not going to tell the user what it is for them to fill out in the first place. Like, Good luck. <laughs> you got you to gotta watch out. Voiceover for the win. 
uh, yeah. to let our users know what boxes or what form you're what part of the form you're filling out and th- i mean i think there's also like a lot of really rich input fields that are possible that if you like set them up properly then even for people who are not having any disabilities you will boost their uh, efficiency on your website like if you have a, a series of address fields if if you have chrome set up to save your address then boom you can autofill that form in and you know then even if you're uh, a regularly abled person who's just holding geo yep that's you me fill that, you fill that <laughs> form in <laughs> one tap yeah one tap bam yeah that'd be uh that's the idea if i could do it in one in one uh in one hand easy peasy it's the way to go yeah i think it's also like annotating like errors and validations yeah. and things like that in in a reasonable way yeah number seven i didn't realize that you know one could be violating you know web accessibility but number seven says use tables for tabular data not for layout and i you know i don't think i've ever you know designed a i mean probably when i was like 14 where i was using tables as a form of styling something it's pretty old school <laughs> pretty pretty old school it was like early 2000s i guess when i was trying to figure out what to do with web design but yeah don't use use tables for for things that belong in tables not for styling your website yeah sometimes i have had one particularly challenging instance where i was finding it difficult to get all of these nested elements to line up properly and tables do that pretty well <laughs> yeah so um, we may have used the table for layout yeah no i mean and, but, and that's like a total that's a total uh, again like it tables are great for doing that for like having some form of structure that the css may not be able to achieve for you or like if you if your css foo is very is very strong then you could do it but <laughs> I, you guys should have seen my hand movements that foo is, is strong but if you if you don't have it, like, you know, tables could be like the easy answer, but like this can really mess up uh, a user who may need to, you know, who accesses the website differently than as we normally would do it. Right. And it's kind of amazing, like the power that a table actually has for someone who is using one of these accessibility tools to view a web page because... I, d- I didn't know this uh, until recently, but the screen reader will actually like say what the column heading is as you're going through the table. So it gives you like the kind of context that you would get from a sticky header on a table, right? As you're moving through it, which is uh, pretty awesome. Sometimes, you know, if you have a lot of data, it can be a little confusing even visually. But you know, having that extra context. Seems like it'd be pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Good superpower. I think number eight we were alluding to throughout the this discussion, which is ensure that all content can be assessed with the keyboard alone in a logical way. And I think the idea of like, you know, tabbing through a website uh, can be accessible that way. I think William mentioned before and yourself using, what's the tool of Vimium? 
Oh, I yeah. think it's the, the idea, like, you know, the website is really accessible depending on how you can access things using the Vimium tool. I don't really use Vimium. I'm not really good at Vim, but don't hate me. But like people use Vimium and are pros at it. And I can see how they can access, you know, the website using a keyboard is probably really, uh, really nifty. But for people who may have this ability with motor skills, right, like not being able to hold the mouse straight or like be able to click on a link. Uh, accurately, you know, Vimeo is probably one of those really cool tools that allow you to, you know, go to a link to a website without much, much struggle without a mouse. And I mean, I mean, I mean, the plugin, the Vimeo plugin, I'm sure it's just is a plugin that is an overlay to a different disability tool for individuals to visit a website without using a mouse and just make sure that your websites are easily accessible for individuals who may not use mouses at the end of the day. Cool. Yeah. The next one on this top 10, getting really close to the end of the top 10 web accessibility from Berkeley. Use area roles and landmarks, but only when necessary. I think a lot of HTML, correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but like the, you know, HTML5 covers a lot of the enriching the HTML tags now more than ever. So you may not need to use ARIA tags as much. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I love this quote from the, remember that the first rule of ARIA is don't use ARIA. <laughs> yeah. So it's like if you have to put these tags on things, then maybe there's something better that you could have done. I had never done this before, but like, uh, you can actually give ARIA role to tell you know the the browser and the screen reader what that mysterious div is that has a click handler attached to it like oh wow it's like i guess it's a button so yeah if you have a mysterious div then you need to tell the screen reader that it is playing the role of a button and it can be clicked or that it is a a nav and that this is used for getting around the page or the website as a whole. But you can also just use a button. It's HTML tag. Why <laughs> not? Use, yeah. <laughs> just use the HTML button. That's what it's there for. <laughs> right. Or, you know, use a label instead of ARIA label or yeah. what, what have you. But, you know, it, it's good to have escape patches for when you have to do something really heinous like you know my background image or <laughs> something i think i'll have to go back and add my area label oh yeah uh but yeah i guess uh what you mentioned the rule in rule number nine is the first rule of aria is don't use aria i think it's a great <laughs> a reminder of you know you're stepping in you could potentially do it better if you're already using an aria tag and number 10 is uh make dynamic content accessible I imagine the idea, like, you know, websites are very, very flashy uh, nowadays. You know, you, you, you visit YouTube and your player automatically plays a video or like, hey, there's a lot of modals out there on the internet. You got to be careful. <laughs> I love a modal. I just need a modal that has another modal inside of it. Yep. That's all I need. It will bring no, me so much yeah. joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, modals are great. Uh, just be mindful of like, you know, things that automatically play, things that automatically like pull 
the user down to a particular part of the page yeah. because you know individuals may, may not know that these actions are happening or may not have access to the screen as others would you know to stop a video from automatically playing you know yeah um, the, there was an interesting note here that says that like keyboard only users may be trapped in page overlays like <laughs> oh my god imagine getting trapped in a modal you're just stuck there for all eternity Forever. There's, there could be people out there right now who are trapped They've in a never modal. Gone out of a modal. This is really serious, guys. Don't do that. Don't do that to your users, <laughs> please. Get them out of the modal as early as possible. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess similar to like one of the earlier comments, like if you got to use a modal, then make sure that you're doing it right. And if you don't know how to do it right, then lean on somebody who has written a library that has already passed the test of like being accessible and having the proper like keyboard navigation things that people expect in those situations. Yeah, I think, you know, choosing the right framework that already has that covered for you saves you a lot of the time. So definitely be mindful if you want to, you know, put a modal on a modal <laughs> and, and uh, ensure that, uh, the carousel inside my modal. Oh gosh! The, car- the carousel <laughs> of modals. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh man, that sounds that sounds like something else. I don't know if anyone is currently trapped in one of those. Uh, please tweet at us, Radio Free Rabbit, if you're <laughs> currently new, trapped in a modal. It's a new we'll horror best movie. Carousel of modals. <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah, like the other thing with dynamic content, uh, there are a lot of like cool html5 tags for video and audio now that have like accessibility baked into it so that's pretty cool so you can lean on that and something i learned this week actually is that there's actually a track element that can be a child of a video or audio and you just uh put that in there then you can put closed captions or subtitles to uh you know some foreign movie or just descriptions or chapters it's it's pretty neat that's There's awesome yeah a lot of features especially if like if you know you're able to read it or the screen reader is able to read it for the user as like a on top of the the video maybe you can go back to it and listen to it that makes it different the fact that you know html is slowly adding or having these tags available for people who lean on these uh, accessibility tools is pretty great so I'm learning I'm learning a lot about this. this is like pretty dope stuff. Yeah, like uh there's more to the world besides divs. That's what I've learned. <laughs> yeah. You can't use a div for everything. Although you can, but you shouldn't. I sometimes, you know, it feels wrong. Uh, it's wrong, but like uh yeah, like every day we're we're I'm learning something new about accessibility, what to look out for. I think uh, you know this conversation has been great for me. And there's also a blog that we found uh, on the internet with uh, some amazing images and like do's and don'ts of building a website or the internet experience for individuals who rely on these tools. And it's by the individuals over at the Home Office Digital seems to be like a government related website because they have a .gov.uk URL associated to the blog that they found. But there's a ton of information and content that's there in case you need a cheat sheet of things that you should do and, and not do. Oh yeah, this this is pretty great. I love the graphic design on these little mini posters. It makes it 
seem like not as intimidating and uh, kind of fun. And, you know, I would gladly add this to the uh, the tattoos along with the uh, episode list. Bro, you, you must be running out of space. <laughs> <laughs> you must be running out of space. But, the, I mean, if the images fit, then, hey, by all means. Right. I think, um, like, it's the microfiche. very first... Microfiche yeah. tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I think even the first line of it, like, they have, like, there's a picture, right? It's, like, designing for users who are deaf or hard of hearing. And it's, like, do write in plain English and it says do this very big <laughs> and it's like don't use complicated words or figures of speech and it's like an umbrella and a couple dogs and it's like oh raining cats and dogs okay but I get that but like no one may not get that I did not get that that was not accessible for me <laughs> no I, I just got it as I was talking about it out loud but the idea just like that alone like makes as you mentioned before it's like it come the the images come off as like you know not intimidating and it's like here are things you should do and things that you shouldn't do and it like kind of makes sense like okay you know be explicit about the things you're saying don't use images that only of of a phrase of a saying that you know that you heard as a child for example but it's pretty dope i think people will definitely benefit from the content from that blog so we'll definitely put that on the on the show notes Awesome. Yeah, and we'll link to all the other lists that we referred to, the Berkeley top 10 list, chart colors, all that good stuff. Maybe we'll link to the people who did a, a tough job with the color visibility too. But um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully more websites will be more accessible for the individuals who need it. I definitely will be keeping that in mind the next time I'm doing some front-end feature work knowing that someone may come across with, you know, a voiceover app or having to change the color filter and then rag me for the colors that I've chosen. So I'm going to be very, very hard on myself when it comes to those things and many others, as mentioned before. So we better we better see more accessible websites out there. <laughs> That's important. Let's do it. We can make it happen, people. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole. <laughs>